Scuba Obsessed, the weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, to places to dive, and scuba the news. Scuba Obsessed, episode 506, is recorded live Thursday, August 19th, 2021. back to Scuba Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan where it is fair time of year. Joining me this week we have Mac. No, we don't have Mac. No, we don't have Mac. Mac's no. taking a break this week. Yeah, we've got Jim Schultz. How are we doing today, Jim? I am doing great, Darren. Thanks for having me on again. You're welcome. Glad to have you back on. It's been a while. It has been too long. Yep. So Jim is joining me down in the dive bunker. Uh, we had a little bit of a rough start tonight, but we're going to come back from that. We have some diving to talk about. So, uh, Jim, what kind of diving did you get this last week? Well, or a two, couple weeks, I guess. Two weeks ago, we got a chance to spend 10 days up in the Straits of Mackinac. Aaron Mann and I took our boats up and ended up on docks side by side. Camped on our boats at the Straits Harbor, Harbor which is a beautiful harbor, fairly new. Um run by the DNR. It cost us maybe $35 to $40 a night to anchor our boats right there or dock our boats right there in the harbor with electric and water, use of the shower facilities and everything there in the harbor. And it was just uh, nice to kind of camp out on the boat and get rocked to sleep by the gentle waves. That was always nice. I've, I've I always wanted to do some uh, camping out in a boat, but haven't had an opportunity to do so. So what kind of interesting things did you get to do? What was it? What was uh, some good dives? Well, we, we hit the places. Uh, we went to the Cedarville, the Sandusky, the Minneapolis, Barnum, Eber Ward, Young. And then we had a, a new dive location that we found that uh, we'll talk about a little later on in the show. Kind of a teaser. Uh, it was not a shipwreck. I'll I'll tell you right now, it's not a shipwreck, but it uh, is a very interesting dive location in 45 feet of water. That is new information to the state, new information for the preserves. So they were happy with our find. So what what kind of uh, what what do we want to cover first? Well, you've got some clips here. Yeah, we, I brought some clips. One of the things I was doing up there is playing around with my side scan sonar. Pretty easy when there's a buoy on the surface that shows you where the wreck is. But a lot of people have never really seen what the side scan looks like when it's running. So I was able to take some video clips uh, of this actual side scan system. So why don't we play that first clip and uh, we'll talk over it. Uh, let me give you views. On the right, you're getting your waterfall view of the actual side scan. Left side, right side, and that dark area down the center is the nader, which is dead underneath the boat. And there is a shipwreck coming by on the right-hand side. The left window shows you the bottom contour, and then below that is the direction of the boat. And that also has the depth uh, color-coded in there. So again, there's the shipwreck on the right-hand side. We've made a couple of passes past it just to see what it is. Uh, unfortunately, the full screen is not showing to show you how wide this pit swath was, but I think it was shooting about 240 feet uh, each side of the boat. And then this is a crossover where we actually went over top of the boat. You can see that in the bottom view. So that was, I believe, the Sandusky. And the Sandusky is one of, I believe it's actually the oldest wreck in the Straits of Mackinac. It was a schooner uh, built in 1848, Sandusky, Ohio. And it went down in 1856. 
the depth of it is 70 feet to this to the deck and about 84 to the sand so it's a very easy dive to do just just outside of basic beginner um what's so interesting about the sandusky is it still has the bowsprit on it and the sandusky has a figurehead underneath the bowsprit which is extremely unusual these schooners were the workhorses of the day and most boat owners would not spend the extra money to put a fancy carved figurehead underneath if you go to the Straits of Mackinac underwater preserve pages uh, you'll find some fantastic photos and a great history of the Sandusky uh, that figurehead is one of the most photographed items uh, of a shipwreck that you'll find in the Straits of Mackinac or in Michigan shipwrecks. Uh, looking at the side scan, if we want to put that back up there, the, uh, you'll notice the bowsprit here just sticking out on it in one of the views. We hit it pretty well, and it's just this long point of shadow sticking off the end of the wreck. Got it right there? Uh, there it is on the top. Stop. Yep. So that last piece of shadow there on the front is the bowsprit uh sticking out off the wreck so that's that's kind of here in this like little right side there is that yep that's it on the right side at the very very top of the shipwreck there that you're seeing on the right so that shows a little bit of the bowsprit just hanging off there and then in this lower left side of the screen that's kind of showing your track the track and the position of the boat yes track the position yep so the more times you go back, the better image that you, you could end up building up? Uh, you can. There are some programs that will take multiple passes and piece it together to do overlays and make better images. And that's how they're making the 3D images now with multiple passes of high-resolution high sonar. Okay. So that's uh, that's the first one we looked at. From there, we went over and dove the Cedarville. And I think we've got some video on the Cedarville. There it's coming. Yeah. Where you've got the Sandusky as the oldest, or one of the oldest shipwrecks in the Straits. Uh, you got the Cedarville as one of the newest. Uh, Cedarville is a steel ore carrier that went down in 1965 so roughly 100 years after the sandusky uh cedarville was built in 1927 and you can dive it anywhere from 40 feet to about 110 feet at the sand it was carrying limestone and it's really interesting because it's broken in half now the stern section uh, lies at about a 45 degree angle uh, tipped over and the bow section is almost completely upside down so I think on this pass yeah there you can see the break just came through and you've got you know two different angles there that uh, clearly show up on on that wreck uh, Cedarville is just east of the bridge about three or four miles I believe um, Went down because of a collision and fog. Mistake was made. Two boats started to heel over and rolled. Um, there you can see the, the definite difference between the break, where it goes from one angle to another angle. So that's a, a fun wreck. Uh, it's moored at the bow, at the stern, and at the break. You've got three different mooring points on it there so a lot of times people will you know moor the bow hook onto the bow and swim to the brake turn around and come back and then they'll go to the stern and swim to the brake turn around and come back uh, one of the fun things to do if you're an experienced diver and have the gear with you and the confidence you can actually swim underneath the shipwreck the self-unloading mechanism 
is mounted to the bow. And as the bow rolled over, it's kind of laying on the self-loading mechanism. So if you swim under the derrick, you can actually swim completely under the ship and come up on the other side down by the of the uh, the hull. Uh, what I like to do is go in from the deck side, swim underneath it when I get around the hull, then swim along the edge of the hull to the bow, where you can see the upside down pilot house. Uh, come on back around and come back up, and that in itself is a a good dive at about 110. Do it if you, you can stay out of deco if you keep moving and don't spend too much time on the bottom. But Cedarville's a, a great wreck to see. Um, coming in and out through those holds is fantastic. Just, you know, huge shadows and great photo opportunities. So, again, I'll refer you to the Straits of Mackinac Underwater Preserve page for more information about the Cedarville some excellent photos there and a little history. <clears throat> we heard an interesting story while we were up there. Dan Friedhoff, um, his father was on the Cedarville when it collided. Dan and his mother had breakfast with their father in the morning. He left, got on the ship, left port, were heading through the straits, got into the fog, had the collision, his father was in the stateroom, his stateroom at the time of collision. Uh, as the ship rolled, he ended up getting thrown, and I believe he broke his leg, got into the water, and was rescued by the other ship involved in the collision. Uh, Dan's father recently passed, and Dan had his ashes, or Dan put his ashes back into his stateroom, on the Cedarville, so he could rest uh, in peace with his shipmates from that shipwreck. So if you get up to the Straits, ask Dan Friedhoff about that story. Um, great, uh, great story. So that was the Cedarville. Coming. I was going to say, what's the, what's the next one we want to take a look at? Oh, what we got on the list here? I think we got Young. The Young? Yeah. Let's take a look at the Young. Now, Cedarville is... The Sandusky's on the Michigan side. Cedarville's on the Lake Huron side. And not far from the Cedarville is the Young. Now... Young is in a portion of the Straits that really has strong currents. And you've got to catch a good day to get on the Young. We happened to catch it in a day when the wind was shifting. And so we had a very flat, calm water. Uh, you could actually see flies on the water that day. It was so calm. And, but below the surface, there was still a pretty strong running on the young uh, came down the center uh, what you just saw was the uh, stern cabin area the young is I think the only ship in the Straits that still has the wheel on it so this is one you definitely want to do the mooring on you don't want to try to drop an anchor on it uh, behind the young there's a line that leads out into the clay on the bottom. And this is very interesting. There's, I wasn't quite sure what the pieces were back there with them being covered in zebra mussels. You couldn't quite clear, clean them up to see them. But the young has some really strange clay behind it. Uh, you'll see big V coming up here in a few minutes of just clay mounds with a valley in the middle. Uh, there you can start to see it. And then just beyond those mounds, the bottom drops down another 30, 40 feet. So the young could have been in a lot deeper water had it been 100 feet one way or the other. The other thing that was odd is these clay right around there 
Uh, looks like many mountains, uh, volcanoes. It all pops up and there's small holes in the center of it. And it's just uh, a very unusual thing to, to see. Well, and that, when you say that, it's, it's like the clay... There's like an opening in the middle of it then? There's like an opening in the middle of the clay, yeah. It's just this, this field of small, very small mounds, maybe, you know, six inches high, but they all seem to have holes in the middle. Um, can't explain why, other than it's just the sand or in the clay have mixed and washed out, and what's left is this very tacky type of clay like you would find for throwing pots or modeling clay. Coming back to the ship, you're going to have a nice view of the rudder here. And then we're going to go up over the stern, over the fantail. Big towing davit there. Uh, the box you see, that frame, is where the deck house or the cabin would have been. And on most of these older schooners, the cabins were not attached strongly to the hull of the ship or the deck of the ship. They were designed to float free if the ship ever sunk to give the crew something to hang on to or climb up on top of. They could get on top of the deck house and use it as a life raft till they could get rescued. The young is full of coal. Uh, you can just see the big pieces in there. That's where the mooring line comes down. Coming up on the center old area. Had you dove this one before? I believe I've been on it once before, but I didn't get a really good chance to video. Here's some dead eyes on the rail, right there on the left side. A bilge pump. Right amidship. So I, I, I was noticing certain parts of the wreck are... Well, there's another dead eye. Yeah. Uh, a little bit in... There's a in, great shot of a dead eye right there, just leaving the screen. It's like the deck's not completely covered with muscles. No, it it comes and goes, and that's what's strange. I don't know why part of it is sand, you know, part of it is wood, but a lot of the wrecks are that way. Uh, it could be on this one, but it could be because of the current, because they're normally a fairly strong current on here. In fact, you can see some of the silt in the water just floating by as we stir it up and drop in. There's some spots you can see the muscles are. Quick view inside the hold, and if you look to the bow, we're looking to the bow area, you can see right through where it's been, bow is damaged, and I wouldn't try to do a swim through it. There is enough uh, open light that you can see through from the hold, through the bow and out of the ship. Great wreck. Again, uh, depth is not too bad on it. You've just got to make sure you catch it when the current will allow you to. I should have edited this piece of it out. You might want to stop it here, Darren, because we get the my brass clip that I hold everything on shifted and it just came through came yeah the rest of the video has this bra brass clip in the middle of the screen like i said this is unedited video so we're just showing you the raw footage okay there, there's some nice i mean nice collection of dead eyes yeah uh, uh there's you know uh, standing dead eyes and rigging dead eyes the standing dead eyes would come up off the side of the ship and then the running rigging dead eyes would come down off the top of the mast and be on the end of the line and then they would hook you know tie the two of them together and that's how they would tension the mast so ship's wheel um again fun wreck a lot of people don't get to see it but uh an interesting you know i'd love to clean those pieces off and see what they are
Okay, so what's the next one we want to take a look at? Oh, let's see. I think the next one might be a side scan. Is that the... Yeah, okay. Nope, this is... This is... An interesting one. As we were coming back from the Cedarville, we got a blip on the sonar, the down imaging. Um, had no idea what it was, so we just marked it. Came back around and hit the blip again at the same time. So that says, well, it's not a fish. So we threw the anchor out. One of our divers still had their gear on, so they dropped in, slammed down, and took a look around and saw this sticking up out of the sand. Looked like a phone pole, basically. So. We took some photos of it. We went back and looked at it that night. And imagined what it could be, and then went back the following day. Decided we'd clean some of the zebra mussels off of it. And if you haven't figured out yet, you probably will pretty soon. What you're looking at is a 12-foot-long Woodstock anchor. That tall pole standing up and down is the woodstock piece of the anchor. That piece coming off of it to the left would be where the flukes would go, and the flukes are buried in the sand. Somebody did a little looking to see if they could find the flukes. This is a pile of cable that's wrapped around it, and this big it took us a while to figure out what this was. And what we believe is this anchor was there, and then it got snagged by a cable. Because if you look coming up here, you're going to see the broken end, one end of this cable, just broken straight apart. And in just a couple of seconds, you're going to other end of the cable where it's hooked around the anchor itself. There's the end that's broken. And it looks like this cable snagged the anchor and then broke in two places or broke and got wrapped around the anchor, sprung back. Uh, because it, it all looks like a wound-up spring. You know, so if the cable were stretched and then came back and snapped it, it came together like a spring. That large ring in the center is where the anchor chain would be attached. There was no anchor chain on it. And it's got the metal bands above and below to help hold the wood together and secure the whole assembly. When we measured the circumference of the wood, it was like 39 inches. So it's a rather large diameter. We took the GPS numbers and sent it to the state, the state gave it to Wayne Lasardi, the state archeologist with the photographs we had taken, and also gave it to Dan and uh, Neither of them were familiar with this or had any indication that it had uh, been reported before. So it's a new find to be added to the inventory list in the Straits of Mackinac. And we're kind of announcing the find of this anchor podcast. So this type of anchor would have normally had a chain on it. Right, it would have normally had a chain on this ring up here. There you go, right there in that middle, there's the ring. We've got the yellow line tied around it. And we just had a jug floating off the yellow line to help us identify it as we were working on it. Going back to it, cleaning it up a little bit for about three or four days while we were up there. Uh, amazing, this was 45 feet of water just east of the, the harbors in Mackinac City. Uh, we've got a couple of ideas on it. One is that it was a ship was trying to get in protection 
So they came around the Mackinac Point, went into Lake Huron, and then anchored in the lee of Mackinac City to try to get out of a storm and possibly broke free of the anchor uh, and drifted away. Another possibility is that at some point this anchor was found someplace else, was being salvaged, and they brought it back here and they just dropped it in this 45-foot bay area to mark it, you know, wait until they got ready to get it on shore, salvage it, find a use for it, put it on another ship, whatever. And for some reason, it they never got back to it. So we all the information over to the state and the Underwater Preserve, and they're going to do some research on it. Um, we'll keep checking back, and probably every year we go up, we'll keep cleaning zebra mussels off of it. Take photos and watch it from year to year to see uh, if it becomes a needed to be removed for preservation purposes, or if it's better leaving it right here where it's at to be preserved. Assuming it's been sitting here since mid-1800s, maybe as late as 1900, um, it's in pretty good shape for 200 years underwater. It's interesting how the cable just happens to be right there by it. Yes. Because it the, almost seems like they're from two different times. Yeah. Uh, one of the thoughts we had was to take a sample of the cable and get the cable analyzed to determine, you know, how old the cable is. Um, I talked with some local net fishermen who were fishing in this area. Asked them if they'd ever lost a net over here or, you know, snagged anything. And they said, no, they hadn't. But, you know, it's hard to say that cable could have been there for 100 years or more. So it's up to the state now. We'll just keep visiting it from year to year and cleaning it off and keeping an eye on it. Very cool. It's always... It's always nice when you can get a new discovery like this. Yeah, I mean, it's not a shipwreck, but it's a historical piece that has been reported before, and so we're, we're calling it Jim's Anchor since I found it. So th this could be one of those things that it, it answers a question for, for another wreck. Possibly. You know, what happened to the anchor of the boat that was anchored here and, you know, drifted, ended up on the shore or ended up being wrecked but doesn't have an anchor on it? So that's another option of, you know, starting to measure this up and and take a look. There's a an anchor, I believe, in St. Ignace that uh, was measured and uh, pointed out to us that might be the, the match to this one are very, very similar. So we're going to have to get up, take some measurements, and just keep digging. That's one of these things. You just keep digging and digging and come up with possibilities and... Maybe someday you get some answers, but for now it's all conjecture as to where it came from and what it's doing here, but it's definitely there. Karen in the chat room had something. She said, 119 feet on the Young, and then 122 feet on the Minneapolis. I, I think that one that one uh, clip that we thought was the Sandusky, I don't think that was the Sandusky. I think we misidentified that one. That sonar clip. So I'll have to go back and look. Because it didn't really, I know when we looked at the sonar, it really showed the bow. And what do we got for depth on this wreck? That's showing 75 feet. Uh, is that 75, 55, 65? Let's see on that screen better. Yes, that's about 60 feet. So I'm not sure that that's the Sandusky. No, I'll have to go back and look at the GPS numbers because the GPS numbers will tell you exactly what wreck it is. But it was interesting, just looking at the bottom profiles, how the bottom changes by, you know, 10, 15 feet right there around the wrecks. It's, I don't know if it's sand building up because the wreck is blocking the current or if it was just, that's the way it was when the wreck went down. A lot of times. Yeah, Karen said she had 80 feet uh, for the Sandusky. Yeah, that seems about right. Okay. So that could be, but... Uh, I thought we had a better image of the Sandusky. I'll have to go through my other files and send it to you. We may have something. Let me take a look. Let's, let's throw the anchor back on while I go. I think I have another folder. 
mine, it would have been snapshots. System as we try to add another another image in here to uh, production file to show you. just stop and finish off the rest of the tank and clean it off a little bit. Sandusky, is that the one you want to see? Yeah. Yep. You got it now. Alright, we're going to shift gears back and, okay, there's the Sandusky. That's a much better snapshot image of the Sandusky and you can really see that bowsprit shadow uh, coming out of here. When I'm running the bird, I've got a couple of options. One is to record everything that you see on the Hummingbird. I like to do because then I can play it back through a number of different filters and search things out in more detail. Uh, anytime I'm doing any recovery work or looking for missing persons, that's the tool we use. Uh, the second tool is a snapshot view where you can just get a quick screenshot of your uh, your sonar screens and it just saves it as a snapshot so you can see where we had passed right over top of it that was on the left and then on the right is the shadow image from the side scan of as we went across it you can just i love the way you can just show that shadow of uh how that ship was just sitting there with the long bowsprit sticking out here's one called the maitland ah okay Maitland's another one up there that we we hit. Oh, I don't remember the story of the Maitland. There might be a Minneapolis on here too, Darren. Uh, the Minneapolis is the one that's like right next to the South Tower of the Mackinac Bridge. It was hard to believe they actually built the Mackinac Bridge with this ship so close to it, uh, but never knew it was there until they were looking for a a car that actually had gotten blown off the bridge a few years ago. Uh, 60 feet, 60, no, that's not the Maitland, but I, whatever that one is has a nice big, I didn't show it yet. No. Okay. One. Yeah, that could be. 89 feet. And we're going to put another one up here. There's another side scan image. It said northwest on the... Yep. Uh, Okay, that would be the northwest then. That's uh, out there in the Lake Michigan side, close to the Eber Ward, the Stalker, uh, the Maitland. They're all fairly close out there on the Michigan side. And you can see the beautiful old opening just showing up, dark shadow right there in the middle of the boat. So if you haven't seen or explored side scan images, uh, this is this is what you want to look for when you're out there running side scan or down scan. If you see something on the bottom that looks unusual or stands out, mark it. Go back and look at it and see if it's there the following day or the following week. You know, sometimes you'll mark schools of fish and they'll be gone in a matter of hours or days. But if you keep going back and it's still there, it's probably something man-made that's worth dropping and diving on. Uh, the GPS numbers are on these, so if you want to go into the Straits Preserves uh, page, you can match up the GPS numbers, and this will give you some idea of what these wrecks look like from a side scan perspective. It's always nice when there's buoys on the surface to tell you where to scan. And then we've got another one, the Eber Ward. Eber Ward. Uh, this is probably my favorite wreck in the Straits of Mackinac. Eber Ward is a wooden steamship that got caught in the ice and it crushed a hole on both sides of the bow in the ice. Uh, if you 
wish I had video on this one. It's a fantastic wreck for penetration if you've got the experience and the equipment. Uh, it's about 145 to the sand, but you can hit the wreck at about 110 uh, on the upper deck. And there's a lot to see. Uh, on the deck, there is a bathtub. There's a toilet that fell out of the cabin house as the cabin lifted off the wheelhouse. Or the cabin, yeah. Uh, the ward was a steamer. So in the back, you had the engines and the boiler. They're still there. It has three decks on it. The main deck, a lower deck, and then a third deck down towards the bottom. If you go over the bow, and the, the bow of the Eber Ward's unique in that it's got a huge mushroom anchor on it, which you usually don't see mushroom anchors. Plus, it has a woodstock on it. Uh, and then there's a third anchor laying on the deck with a small crane, hook-shaped crane above it for maneuvering it. If you go over the bow and drop down on the port side, there's a bathtub sitting in the sand on the port side. But you can make penetration through the ice hole, which takes you down to the third deck. You can swim around the four-peak area. Uh, there's some tools and a wheelbarrow and some other equipment there. You can swim down that deck till you hit the rear bulkhead. You go up a level, and that will let you swim around the boilers. And then as you go further to the stern of the boat, around the engine itself, you can back up the other side, go up another half deck, and you come out on the second deck which is huge, wide open, swim to the bow on that, pop up through the one of the hatchways, and finish off your dive swimming either bow to stern, or usually I'll go bow to stern on the, the deck itself, and then come up another 20 or 30 feet and just do a flyover. So you make four passes back and forth, um, Depending how quickly you swim, it gets you close to the deco level. But uh, you can see this wreck and great, great photos of it, you know, 20, 30 feet above it because it's known for incredible clarity. And it's a beautiful wreck. Um, still pretty much intact. Uh, lots of things to see on it. It's just, it's like interior is like going inside a barn it's just all this wood and these beams and it's like being in the hayloft of a barn just swimming through it it is my favorite wreck in the straits of mackinac and i'm going to say my second favorite is probably the young um only because of what's there and what's on it well that one says uh it says max barge max barge yep that's a local one okay yeah, we got to check that one out and see what it is. It's it's marked as Max Barge, but I'm not quite sure. We're going to have to check the numbers on that one. Yeah, I didn't share that one. Yeah. So let's... We're, we're looking at some stuff behind the scenes here to see what else we can show you. We had some video from Karen. I haven't gone through it, so... No. Oh. That might be... Put it up. Put it up. Put it up. Karen, can we put your video up? Yeah. He sent it, so let's go ahead. I'm gonna. We're gonna tell you that we'll edit all this dead time out of the uh, the final show, but chances are it's still gonna be there, or at least some of it. this one as we watch it. Oh, I believe this is the Cedarville. See 
that. Karen's asking what the date was on it. That looks like the Cedarville. That, I believe, is the Young. The date files on these are, are 20, 2015, so I don't think that's when you went. Probably an earlier trip to the Cedarville. screen versus the other. Mm. So let's go and try this one. This is the Eber Ward. There's the toilet. You're working your way towards the bow of the Eber Ward. That's where the mast was. inside it. places to make penetration, places to pop up. Great video opportunity if you're working with someone because you can get somebody to, you know, be swimming through that bottom level of the hold and you're up above on the main deck and get a picture of people two levels below you. 116 feet max depth. Uh, yeah, I think it's 
I want to say it's about 145 to the sand. But there's really no reason to go to the sand unless you're just doing it for, you know, different angles for video. That's a nice fizz, too. Yeah. There's the stack and where the rear, so the, the burner stack, blue, you can call it. You're going to come up and right behind that are your boilers. And then here's the top engines. I believe it was a triple expansion steam engine. Very long steamer to not have hogging arches on it. Now, one of the problems they had with steamers is as they continued to get longer and longer, they would start and bending in the middle. So the later steamers, they put those long hogging arches that kind of look like bridge supports through the middle of the ship um, to give them more stability. Here you're seeing the rear. That's the auxiliary steering. And then to the right of that is a capstan. Okay, this is the engine room from the stern. You can make a, you can swim all the way through that and around that engine like a horseshoe. Nice field of capstan there. Yep. Capstan and the auxiliary steering. Aaron checking our depth and time. Trying to stay out of deco. This is one you can very quickly get deco because there's so much of the wreck to see and at a depth that you don't watch your time, you could get in trouble. It looks like she's heading up now. Yeah. And what's nice is there's two lines on this one. There's one on the bow, one on the stern. So you could have two boats on here at the same time, or you could, you know, if you get into trouble, you can always swim on your angle back up towards the mooring lines. And even 30, 40 feet above the wreck, you can still get a great view of the wreck. I don't know, view from Karen's boat. Uh, looking at that, it looks like this may be the Cedarville. And Bowie, I think, is the Cedarville buoy. Relatively flat day out there. And that's a view of the inside of the camera case. Let's see what we got here. Give me a quick one. <laughs> yeah, my computer started yelling at me. I had to swim for it at the end. Thankfully, the camera didn't pick up her <clears throat> saying what she was thinking. <clears throat> this may be Sheboygan. Ah, Sandusky. You can tell by the bowsprit. Nice close-up of a dead eye. Mm. Heavily encrusted. And there you can start to see the ram's head figurehead on the Sandusky. That's actually a replacement. The original was stolen. I'm sorry. The original was removed. Um, one story goes that the person who removed it wanted to preserve it so it didn't get lost or damaged. Um, it eventually was returned to the state. They've got it in one of the museums. It's been preserved. And this is a replacement that was put there in its place to represent and keep the true integrity of the shipwreck. But it's uh, one of the most photographed artifacts in the shipwrecks, in the preserves. Okay, this is a shallower wreck because of the growth on it. The one thing I did notice this year, we're starting to get more angel hair growing on the wrecks. Something we haven't had in the past. I mean, sunlight's getting down a little, a little better? Or? Uh, yeah. I, I'm used to seeing angel hair on the ocean shipwrecks. But I just... Starting to see it, I noticed it when we were in the Straits this, up there on this trip that there was more and more wrecks were starting to get some angel hair on them. Oh, that's going to be a manna dive. That's her manna knot, nighttime manna dive in uh, Hawaii. What's the plan for next year on going up? Are you going to do the same route again? or I haven't really decided. I mean, there's always lots of wrecks and Straits to look at, but, you know, we <clears throat> you kind of get tired of seeing the same wrecks year after year after year. Yeah. So we, we used to go to Alpena, and then we moved to Sheboygan. And there's still plenty of wrecks in Mackinac, because there's more wrecks up there that aren't marked buoyed. So, you know, there's uh, some wrecks over around Beaver Island uh, and the Manitous. 
So maybe it's time to shift around and go over there a little bit. We'll just have to check it out. Uh, there's also more wrecks over on the east side. Um, near town, there's quite a few. So we'll have to figure out what we want to do. I would, I'd love, uh, it's getting late. I'm trying to think of the name of the wreck. Windy 8. I would love to get on the Windy 8 sometime and go back and see the uh, Barney. Out of, the Barney's out of Roger City. So, White Point area. Whitefish is another option. Go up and spend a week <clears throat> or so at Whitefish. Also up there in Canada. What's that? Uh, uh, Tobomori. Tobomori. Yeah, and there's also the uh, um, in Superior Isle Royale. Isle Royale. Yeah, yeah. That's, that that'd be a nice one. Then. Yeah. yeah, I know the club went to Isle Royale a few many years ago, probably thirty years ago. I don't think any any of us have really been back since then. No, no, I I know there's I mean there's still diving going on obviously up there, but I don't think anything in the club. Well, well, I think that's that should about do it for this week. You have a bad scuba joke? I don't have any scuba joke. Oh, no bad scuba joke? No, not not this week. Oh, no. Wow. Uh, I guess you'll just have to turn it or. Tune in next week for two. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll double up. Ah, there's the name of it. Perseverance is a wreck that I want to get to over in Sheboygan. Perseverance. Perseverance. That's one that was found. That That is the scavenger hunt wreck. Mm -hmm. All the pieces are there, but they're all spread out. Okay. So it's like a scavenger hunt. You know, you... Oh, and Karen's got the joke for us this week. Oh, okay, good. So she says... How do you make an octopus laugh? You give him tentacles. Tickles. Yes. I think uh, that counts. Okay. That that counts. So thank you, Karen. Thank you, Jim. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll catch you next week. So until next time, go out there and get wet. Be safe. And remember, no shipwrecks were harmed in the making of tonight's program. <laughs>